hey ladies, I'm the guy who reads out their requests at the beginning of each episode. It makes sense in context. Welcome to RequestCast, the request-based podcast. I'm Lewis Powell. And I'm Ben Heaton. And today's request comes from Julia. Lewis and Ben make OkCupid profiles for each other, i.e. Lewis makes a profile for Ben and vice versa. Discuss compatibility and other analysis techniques provided by OkCupid. Determine whether Lewis's version of Ben should continue to be friends with Ben's version of Lewis. Alright, so we have made these profiles in advance. Yes, this is one of the rare episodes where we both did some preparatory work. Yeah, I should warn you, I may not have put full thought into all of the things I put on your profile. Well, I think that's understandable. Alright, so right now I am logged into OkCupid as you. Well, as the version of you that I have constructed. Same here. Or, you know, I'm logged in as the version of you that I've constructed. Right. So the username I used for you was... Request Lewis, all one word, the R and L are capitalized. <laughs> okay, let me open up that one. Okay, Cupid profile slash request Lewis. Oh, you put up a picture of me. I said, no, don't put up a picture of me. You did? I can take that down. Yeah, let's take that down. I don't want anyone thinking that's actually me. Want me to take it down right now or do that after the podcast? Well, before the podcast airs. Right now would be fine. All right, I've deleted it. Okay, and I have created a profile for you. I actually see it because I got a notice coming up saying that No Sale Honcho had visited me, meaning you. Yes, so I got a little bit more creative with the naming, and I titled your profile one of your catchphrases, No Sale Honcho, with underscores in between the words. All right, so the first thing I notice is we are an 87% match, 89% friends, and 7% enemies. That sounds about right. 7% of the time seems to get how often I threaten to hit you for jokes that you make. I had thought those were friendly threats and not enemy threats. <laughs> That's a good point. That's probably part of the 89% friendly. In the I'm really good at section, the summary for me says I'm really good at puns and other wordplay, making photo comics, writing one-act plays about naming conventions for fictional diseases. I guess this is my perception of Ben's talents, and they include puns and wordplay, as you may have noticed listening to the episode, and writing this amazing one-act play that he and I (laughs) co-directed when we were at the University of Rochester called Goat Plague. And I think you put the script for that back online at some point, right? Yeah, that's online. I can put a link up to it in the forum after this episode is done. Yeah. So we'll narrate the highlights of these profiles, I think, but we'll also leave them up so that people can view them after the episode. Sounds good. I noticed you did get my age, sex, sexuality, and relationship status all correct. Yeah, I remembered that you were seeing somebody, and I looked up your age on Facebook. Now, see, I just guessed that you were one year older than me. Oh, wait, is that... That's why I'm too young on this. (laughs) uh, I was born in 82, Ben. Oh, right, but you were one year ahead of me in college. Yes, well, I had a borderline birthday. It was a September birthday. Oh, that's right. And so it was either be the youngest person in my grade or the oldest person, and we went with oldest. I was not a very active participant in that decision-making process because the decision was made when I was four. You know, I actually noticed it was in September, but I didn't, you know, work out what that meant in terms of your school cohort. Yeah, 
You did not elect to put down a zodiac sign for me. I didn't remember which zodiac sign September whatever was. Virgo. Like, that's the extent to which I felt like zodiac sign wouldn't matter. <laughs> that's fair. For you, I put down Gemini, but it doesn't matter. That's right. I, I'm either Gemini or Cancer. Well, since it doesn't matter... Those are both July, right? So it's in there. Yeah, I think so. Oh, you know what? You might not be Gemini. Because you're July, and I was basing it off my brother, who's June. Oh. You're probably not Gemini. No, I think I'm Cancer. Okay. I know, according to you, anyway, I spend a lot of time thinking about mathematical notation, ways to annoy Lewis with questions about philosophy, Magic the Gathering drafting strategies, my girlfriend whose name I forgot, and cheese. That's all correct, except that I remember my girlfriend's name. <laughs> That's... That's a fair point. I did not remember your girlfriend's name. You'll notice if you look carefully, there are a number of places where I put things in the form of guesses or maybes. Yeah, I see. I'm pretty sure I watched Firefly. Yeah. Yeah, I have. The movies I like, you have several movies that I do in fact really like, like The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T and The Exquisite Corpse Project. But I'm not actually that much a fan of those ridiculous Andy Warhol movies where you just have a building sitting there for like three days. I was guessing. It was worth a shot. I am kind of a fan of those movies in concept, but they're not things I would want to see. Yeah. I am really curious about the next movie that I listed, which is I said uh, that you have strong opinions about Man on the Moon, but I didn't remember if they were positive or negative. So there's like three ways I could be wrong here. They were positive, but not all that strong. Oh, okay. I know that you're a big Andy Kaufman fan, so I assumed you would either be very excited about the movie or feel like it was a really bad movie, but I figured you wouldn't be neutral on it. No, it was a good movie. And I worked in for Mott's Last Tango in that section too, even though it's not really a movie. Right. I do have a DVD of, uh, I guess, a recording of the musical. I'm not sure that counts as a movie. Yeah. I think probably the best strategy is going to be for us to go all the way through your profile that I made it for you, then all the way through the profile that you made for me, and then talk about the matching algorithms and the questions and stuff rather than jumping back and forth. All right, so going to ignore the first part I see that's inaccurate is that in my favorite books you list graphic novels, but there actually aren't all that many graphic novels that I would count among my favorite books. I'm not anti-graphic novels, it's just they don't happen to rise to the top for me. So the lens through which I filtered that was that there's a number of graphic novels that you introduced me to. They might all be by Jason Shiga, but I just assumed that you must be a graphic novel-y person. Uh, my estimate of how many books you owned was, quote, like a million, end quote. Was that accurate? It's more like a thousand than it is like a million. Oh, sorry. You mentioned the 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T when you were saying that those were, in fact, movies that you liked, but we did not tell our listeners what that is. It's a pretty famous movie. No, it's not! Nobody knows about this movie, man. It is one of the finest live-action movies by Dr. Seuss. How many live-action movies are there by Dr. Seuss? Probably just one. Okay then I will grant your claim. But if there was even a second one, I would contest it. Because it's so bad, Ben. Please give our listeners a summary of the plot for the 5,000 fingers of Dr. T. Alright, it's about a young boy who is made captive by his evil piano teacher who wants to get 500 young boys playing a gigantic piano all at once. And the 5,000 fingers of these 500 young boys are the fingers mentioned in the title. And isn't he trying to seduce the kid's mom too? Isn't that part of the plot? Yes. Okay. 
He, he uses some creepy hypnosis. It's just so bad. Like, I love Dr. Seuss. Don't get me wrong. Dr. Seuss is amazing. But this movie is a beautiful movie. Seeing all that Dr. Seuss architecture brought to life with people running around in it. It's like, it kind of feels like if if you were like, oh, a movie made by M.C. Escher. That'll be really interesting because you get all these like impossible staircases and stuff. But then if it turned out that the movie were like the most boring thing ever made. That's what you would have. The most boring thing. He has a music-themed dungeon where he imprisons non-piano players because he hates them. You guys don't understand who haven't seen this. Like, I would have assumed that this level of wackiness and goofiness in a movie is inconsistent with it being mind-numbingly boring. But I tried watching it one time, and it was maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. I think maybe you just don't understand musicals. (laughs) That, That must be it. It's my hatred of musicals, Ben. Okay. And in shows, uh, you correctly say that I don't really watch that much TV. I do enjoy watching video podcasts of people drafting Magic the Gathering decks. Well, that is true. I don't really count it as a TV show. It's remote vision. It's visual media from a distance. Yeah. Well, I guess you list Community on here, which I do like, and I view that much the same way, just watching it on a computer. Just to check, though, by Community we mean the first three seasons of Community, right? The most recent season hasn't been entirely bad. Bold praise for that season. Yeah, I agree. I think the best thing one could say about it is that it has been uneven. (laughs) And it can't be uneven without occasionally being less than awful. I'm sorry, that's too hard. It's not always awful. It's just nowhere near as good as it used to be. No, there have been episodes that I've quite enjoyed. Yes. Let's see, how about music? How well did I get your music taste? All right, music, you listed Math Rock, Tiny Folk, I think his name is. I'm pretty sure you're right about that. This one song by the band Clang, Sleeping Pill. Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult. Some of these are pretty general, and some of them are really specific. Like, math rock is a genre, and two of these are particular tracks. (laughs) Yeah, well, I knew that you liked those songs, though. I almost put Free Money by uh, Patti Smith on here. That's a very good song. I was remembering when we were constructing the soundtrack for Goat Plague which is the uh, play that we co-directed. Well, no, we weren't constructing the soundtrack to Goat Plague. We are constructing the music that would play like, before the group of plays as a whole, right? That's right, the pre-show music. So for food, you put Ethiopian, probably Italian. I am not a super picky eater. I am a committed cheese connoisseur. Yes. This is true. I, I don't actually seek out Ethiopian food all that often, but when I do eat it, it's very good. When we were in D.C., we went for Ethiopian, and you seemed to have prior opinions about Ethiopian restaurants in the area, so I assumed you were at least more interested in Ethiopian food than the average person outside of Ethiopia. That's fair. D.C. does have a lot of fine Ethiopian restaurants. That's today's plug. For the city of magnificent distances. Didn't you for a while have a live journal that was just about cheese that you ate? Yeah, I used to blog on there whenever I ate a type of cheese that I hadn't had before with a short review. Also, you're my official cheese consultant for when I'm assigning cheesiness ratings to episodes of Doctor Who for my blog that I haven't worked on for a while about Doctor Who called Doctor Ha. Available online at drhuh.tumblr.com. This will be a real, real pluggy. We're going to plug all of our stuff that we do. Yeah, well, I feel like that's inevitable in an episode that's so fixated on us. Yeah, that's possibly the best topic for us to do an episode about it. It is one of the few that we actually know anything about. And we seem to be doing okay so far, or at least I seem to be doing okay so far at knowing about you. 
Yeah, this is mostly accurate. I'm seeing the six things I could never do without are... The first one is a camera, which is correct. Second, people to play board slash card games with, also correct. Three is books, so you're three for three here. Four is gravity. It's pretty useful, I'll, I'll give you that one. Okay. Five is a utility function. I actually don't need one of those. And six is puns. I was going to try and work a pun in there, but it was too much effort, and I don't like puns, so... Wait, tell me how you're going to do without a utility function. How do you convert experience of the world into hedons without a utility function? Is that all you think there is to life, generating hedons? I don't think it's all there is to life, but I do think it is part of what happens in life. It's a good part of what happens in life, but I could do without it, if I had to. Fair Fair enough. Also, isn't a utility function actually used for utilons and not hedons? Well, I think it depends on some substantive background philosophical commitments that one could have. About all these fictional fundamental particles. Yeah. Just like when physicists talk about, like, quarks or whatever, but without the science. <laughs> so how did I do? Is there anything major that should be on this list and isn't? Clothing, I guess? I need to be able to wear clothing. I did mention clothing under the first thing people usually notice about me. I, I don't think I read that one. Let me scroll up. The first things people usually notice about me, the way light particles bounce off of my hair, outermost layer of epidermis, and clothing. That's true provided they don't hear my voice before they see me. That's fair. That's a good point. I feel like that's kind of a cop-out answer, though, I have to say. I was trying to emulate a way in which you are sometimes overly literal. I'll grant that it is a cop-out answer that I might have given. Okay, excellent. We already talked about the things that you spend a lot of time thinking about. On a typical Friday night, I am probably playing board games or something. That's correct. And the most private thing I'm willing to admit, I once had an imaginary Canadian girlfriend. In fairness to me, I wasn't the person doing the imagining. <laughs> so I, I want to clarify here for our listeners that... Well, this is true. It is true because Lewis imagined that I had a Canadian girlfriend. He did this for the purpose of being able to say that I had an imaginary girlfriend. Yeah, that is exactly what I did. I have to say, this isn't really a private thing, partly because it's really a fact about you and not me. Yeah, well, while I might know some private things about you, I didn't know which ones you'd be willing to admit. Yeah, that's kind of a tricky question. I didn't want to, like, take a guess and then we'd have to, like, edit out a very awkward conversation where I was, like, sharing personal details about you. Yeah, my, my grandmother does listen to this. She does? Hi, Ben's grandma. <laughs> she, can you tell her to submit a request? I will tell her. Ben's grandmother, please submit a request for our podcast <laughs> at requestcomics.com com slash podcast or ben will tell you how to get there yeah i will hi grandma ben can we put that song by clang as the outro music today we don't have the rights to it i don't think we need rights for a podcast then sure excellent you should message me if you want to talk to me i'm friendly and fun to talk to well i, I do hope that's true i find you to be such well thank you details last online online now uh, that's accurate <laughs> It's sort of gettier accurate. I don't know if I will be online when people are listening to this podcast, especially since they'll be listening to it at various times over the coming weeks, but I'll probably be online then. The coming years, Ben, let's be honest. The coming years. Right, if you're going through the archives in 2015, I'm probably online right now. All right. Ethnicity, white. Yeah. Height, five foot eight. That might be true. I 
don't actually know my height. Then I feel less bad about not knowing it. Why would you ever feel bad about not knowing someone's height? I've known you for many years. Your height has not changed much over those years. I feel like I should have some idea. I don't think I know the height of anyone I know to within an inch. Fair enough. Body type average? That's probably right. The body type categories on this site are a bit odd. Yes. Also, mean, median, mode? Who knows? I'm hoping that you have the arithmetic mean of body types. Diet? Mostly anything? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I think that category is asking whether people are vegetarians or pescatarians or whatnot. So that was the, you, you do not restrict based on plant versus animal. Right, but also there aren't that many foods I'm that opposed to eating in general. I'm not a fan of shrimp, but... I'm allergic to shrimp, maybe. I did not... How do you not know? I've only had shrimp twice. The first time I just had one shrimp and nothing happened. The second time I had like five or six and I was really itchy all over my face for hours. And so I concluded that I was probably allergic to shrimp and then never bothered to follow up and just avoid eating shrimp. Yeah, I guess it's not really worth checking on that. Shrimp were not so enjoyable that I was like, I must find out if I can have them again. No, I, I'm not a fan. I don't think you should risk a possible allergic reaction over it. Yeah. Let's see. I don't smoke or drink. I uh, don't do drugs. Religion, atheism, and somewhat serious about it. I'm, I'm not sure I'm that serious about it. it. I'm not sure what exactly they're asking about there. I mean, I, I do actually mean it, but... Yeah, atheism, but mostly as a goof. <laughs> sign Gemini but doesn't matter. I agree that doesn't matter. I may or may not be a Gemini. No, you're probably not, because I think early June is Gemini. Anyway, the main takeaway from that section is that doesn't matter, so I'm giving you that one. Education, graduate from college slash university. I'm not surprised you know that, because you were at college with me. You might have been Trixie and, like, snuck out without graduating or something. I could see that happening. I might have gone to grad school afterward and not told you. I feel like I would have known. Yeah. Oh, I just noticed that under languages, he put English fluently and Sanskrit poorly. Provided there wasn't a very poorly option, that's correct. Yeah, I don't remember if there was a very... I think poorly was the least you could put for a language that you had any knowledge of. Then that's the correct way to do it. I'm curious about why we got the 7% enemy status. Well, yeah, we'll look at that in a minute. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go to your profile next? All right. Let's take a gander at, at my Request Lewis profile here. It begins, hey ladies, which I think I should note is not a way I would begin myself summary. It makes sense in context. Hey ladies, I'm the guy who reads out the requests at the beginning of each episode. What, how does that make, what, what context? I included that to make it clear that the sentence that follows is you bragging to the ladies. Okay, what I'm doing with my life Teaching philosophy at a college that I forget the name of. Again, I have not forgotten the name of the university at which I work. It is SUNY Buffalo, or the university at Buffalo, SUNY. Hey, I guess this is similar to you writing as me that I forget the name of my girlfriend. Yes. I'm really good at co-writing webcomics, co-hosting podcasts, and co-directing plays. See, we both mentioned that play. That is interesting that we both mentioned the play. Also interesting here is that your view of all the things I'm good at are the things that I do with you. Well, I do have kind of a skewed view that way. But in addition, it makes it sound like I can't do anything on my own. I'm really good at collaborative endeavor, but not anything individual. I don't think there's really anything wrong with collaborative endeavors. No, no. No, I know. But I, it does make it sound like pretty much all I do is co-write, co-host, co-direct. I'd already mentioned that you teach philosophy in a previous one. I 
Apparently I'm not really good at it. I have attended your class, I don't know. I would assume you're good at. You do know a lot about philosophy. I like to think I do a decent job. The first things people usually notice about me. My enthusiastic voice and my distinctive laugh. On my actual OkCupid profile, like the one that I have for me, that I made, that is not made by you. I didn't know you had one of those. You can delete it now that you have this. <laughs> no, that's all right. I put, I have a distinctive laugh and an expressive face. That is exactly what I put. It's not the exact same as what you wrote, but it's surprisingly similar. And we both mentioned my laugh, which as listeners of the podcast will know is distinctive and frequent. We get a lot of good feedback about your laugh. <laughs> I was at a comedy show with some friends the other day, and I kept laughing at the setups of the comedian's jokes to the point that they got distracted and had to comment on me laughing at the setups of their jokes. Were they really good setups? One of the setups was, here's a fact about me, I don't have any friends. And like it was gonna lead into the joke, but I just thought that that was really funny. Sometimes I just find the concept that they're about to tell a joke with that setup very funny before I know what the joke is going to be. I can see that. Uh, favorite books, movies, shows, music, and food. Books, we have Anathem, which is a book by Neil Stevenson that I did enjoy a great deal. I think it's on the list that I have on my list of favorite books as well. Treatise of Human Nature, also one of my favorite books. And Red Shirts, which I don't think I have on my other list, but is a book that I really enjoyed. It's by uh, John Scalzi. I put that on there because I remembered you recommending it to me. Yeah, no, it was really good. I recommend it to everybody. It's a really fun science fiction novel that I don't know how to say anything about without spoiling, but you should read it. It is an intentional reference to the idea of Red Shirts being the expendable crew members on science fiction TV shows. Yeah, but it is better than you would guess from that. Yeah, it's far better than you would guess. You also should have put, oh, I should put Constellation Games for you, which you recommended to me. Uh, yeah, that would be a good choice. I should mention, remember, Constellation Games by Leonard Richardson is a novel that you should read if the following premise sounds interesting to you. The main character is somebody who learns that there is alien life and their first instinct is to find out how they can get access to alien video games so that they can write reviews of the alien video games for their blog. I should mention that the book is actually better than that premise makes it sound. <laughs> so many books fit into that category. I guess there's basically two types of books. Books that are better than their premise sounds and books that are far worse than their premise sounds. Yeah, I like the first category better. Unsurprising. Okay. Movies, Batman and Little Miss Sunshine. Which Batman did you have in mind? Just Batman in general. <laughs> the genre Batman. Yeah. Okay. I feel like your guess of which movies I love is maybe a little bit off. Little Miss Sunshine was good. I don't know that it makes my list of favorite movies. Anytime I make a list of favorite movies, it includes The Princess Bride. Oh, that's right. That might be the best movie ever made. I also put Lives of Others is a really, really good movie that I put on that list. So that I don't seem like somebody who only watches children's action adventure romantic comedies. And also because I really like it. Shows, Community, Darkwing Duck, Star Trek The Next Generation. I think I wouldn't feel comfortable including Darkwing on the list, even though I loved it when I was younger, because it's been so long I don't actually remember most of it now, except that Darkwing Duck was awesome. That's the only thing I remember about it. I think it holds up. Music. The Decemberists, I think? Question mark? Music like that. You know what? I'll just say yeah. That's good enough. I feel like people are in the right neighborhood if that's where they go. Food. Thai. Indian. Correct. Those are my favorite types of food. I usually also list... Italian and Mexican. But yeah, Thai and Indian are the top two. Yeah, for that one, I was mostly just assuming that you had correct opinions about food. <laughs> awesome. All right, the six things I could never do without. A computer. Sounds right. 
Philosophy books. Yeah, that is something I would I would be very sad if I didn't have any of those. Exuberance. Is that my exuberance or other people's or just in general? In general. Yeah, that sounds right. I do like it. I like exuberance. That's good. Tea. I'm a big fan of tea. My flute. I wish I could list my flute on that list. Like, I, I do like that I have a flute and I like occasionally practicing and I wish that I practiced more, but I don't practice enough for me to feel comfortable listing it because frankly, it wouldn't at this point make a huge difference if I didn't have it. And then number six, that episode of Star Trek where Picard plays the flute, which I would never have listed on this list in a million years, but I think is accurate that that is maybe one of the best episodes of television ever made. I should see it sometime. Oh man, you should. Because it, it's 100% just like a short story that works really well and happens to be performed by the cast of Star Trek The Next Generation. I already know that Picard plays the flute in it. Is that going to spoil it for me? No. All right, then I'll seek it out after this podcast. Yeah, it's called The Inner Light, I think. I'll just search for that episode where Picard plays the flute. That's probably a good way to do it. Okay, I spend a lot of time thinking about stacking animals on top of each other. It's okay, though. This is assuming a hypothetical situation where that's the only moral thing to do. (laughs) The only issue I take with that is that I spend a lot of time thinking about is in the present tense, and I'm kind of done thinking about that question. Really? Yeah, we solved it. The correct answer was, what was it? It was sponges. Yeah. That was the animal, and we won. Victory us. One person in the forums had a really good suggestion about butterflies. But other than that, I think we were clearly the victors. Did you like that I included a reassurance there to the ladies viewing your profile? Yeah, without a doubt, I feel much better that that qualifying comment is on there. On a typical Friday night, I am recording episodes of RequestCast, the request-based podcast, listen to it online. Now, I feel like this is more a plug for the podcast than an attempt to genuinely answer this question because we rarely record on Friday nights. Yeah, we don't really have a set day for doing it. I guess Sundays are pretty common. But it is a good pitch for the podcast. Not a good pitch of me to the ladies. It does help pitch you to the ladies in that if they're looking at this and thinking this is actually your profile, checking out RequestCast will get them to the information that isn't. Provided they listen to enough episodes. <laughs> okay, the most private thing I'm willing to admit. When I was a kid, my uncle made me a sandwich that tasted really bad, so when he wasn't looking, I hid it in his call space. This happened a couple dozen times and he never figured it out. Now, Ben, I have to ask, was this a genuine guess at something private about me that I would be willing to admit? Or is this an adaptation of an experience that you had as a child? Complete guess. This did not happen to me. Okay. Was your goal to try and get an accurate thing about me? I, did this happen? No. 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 <laughs> what do you mean did this happen? No, of course not. It, it could have. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that is a fair point. Yeah, so that is not the most private thing I'm willing to admit because it is not something that I could truthfully say, which is what would be required for it to be an admission. You should message me if you find the information above strangely intriguing and want to try to work out why that is. That seems like a reasonable approximation. Yeah, I figured that if a girl out there wanted to try to figure out why they found something intriguing and wanted to talk to you about that, you'd probably be interested. That seems right. Okay. Details. Online now. True, but accidentally. Only because you are online now and you're logged in as me. Ethnicity white. Height, 5'10". You have stolen a couple inches from me. I am closer to six foot. I think I'm like 5'11 and three quarters, but that sounds really weird to say, so I just say six feet. Well, as mentioned before, I have no idea what anyone's height is. Body type, jacked. False. I am not jacked. I would not put that... That is wrong. 
Well, we're trying to get the ladies interested. <laughs> Fair point. I, I, I'm pitching you here. Swing and a miss. Diet, mostly other. What were the other options? Like, what is this other relative to? It gives you the option of a modifier, which can be either mostly, strictly, or just blank. Uh-huh. And then other was chosen from the set of anything, vegetarian, vegan, kosher, halal, and other. I see. Yeah, I guess if somebody is moderately picky, then that is the best category to put them under. Right, you're not strictly other. True. I am not strictly other. Smokes, no. Drinks occasionally. No, drinks socially. Yeah, that sounds right. Drugs never, for the most part. Religion other, but not too serious about it. What religion do you think that I am only partially invested in? Aristotelianism. <laughs> I wish! That would be awesome. On Facebook, I think I list my religion as Spinozist. Isn't that atheist? Well, there is a debate uh. about whether it is atheist or pantheist, or whether there's a difference between being an atheist and a natural pantheist. But that's mostly a goof. I would normally list mine as atheist. Sign, you left blank. I probably could have filled that out since I knew your birthday, but oh well. Yes, it does It does seem like, given the information that my birthday is in early September, you should be able to... I should be able to look up which signs are when. Yeah. Graduated from PhD program, correct. Job, education, slash academia, correct. Income, rather not say, also correct. Although, as an employee of the state university system, I believe my income is posted online for anyone to see if they can find the right website that lists it. All right, but the right website is not OkCupid. Right. <laughs> OkCupid is not how we enact uh, sunshine laws about public employee salaries. There's no reason it couldn't be, right? Yeah. What did it were so? I mean, there's no technical hurdle there. They could decide to announce it through OkCupid. Yeah. Offspring doesn't have kids but might want them. Mostly correct. Doesn't have kids but does want them. Okay, see, I didn't know whether you did or not, so I went with might. That seemed accurate. <laughs> I mean, there's a sense in which it's accurate. The same way in which it was accurate to write down that you had a girlfriend whose name I forgot. Right, it was accurate from the point of view of my knowledge. Yes. Not accurate from my point of view, which is that I know that I do want kids. Well, then it is true that you might want them. Fair enough, you pedantic. Modal logician. <laughs> All right. Pets likes dogs and likes cats. You know, while I'm not against cats, I don't feel strongly enough in their favor to put both likes dogs and likes cats. Oh, yeah, I like them. I'm more of a dog person. Speaks English fluently. Yeah, I don't think I list that I barely used to speak Spanish on my OkCupid profile. All right, so that covers our profiles. Actually, are you single? Because I put that on there, but I wasn't completely sure. Yeah, I am single at present. Okay, well, maybe this profile will get you some responses. God, I hope not. <laughs> so I clicked on the tab labeled The Two of Us, which is going to give us comparisons of our questions that we answered publicly. Yeah, I'm not actually sure what I should be looking at here. I see there are a bunch of options for how to sort the questions, and right now, sorted by magic is the one that's chosen. So the correct one, in my view, the one that I look at when I am looking at somebody's profile, is the one labeled unacceptable answers. All right, so you're looking for the flaws. Well, the main thing that I need to know is which of the things that are, like, my deal-breakery things, or, like, big, important issues to me, are they on the wrong side of, or is it all stuff like minor unimportant things? Finding out that, in fact, we both think that, you know, hamburgers are better than hot dogs at a barbecue is not going to be the most important thing for me to learn about somebody. That's fair. 
Oh, so just so that people know, Ben and I each answered 75 match questions. I actually answered uh, 82. Okay. We had agreed to do 75 each, but I wasn't keeping track as I was doing it, so that's when I happened to stop. It keeps track for you on the side. Yeah, but I wasn't looking at that part. I see. I'm not on trial here. (laughs) This whole court is out of order. (laughs) The top one that I see, I don't know if it's going to show us the list in the same order, is how often do you brush your teeth? Yeah, that's not the one on top for me. The one on top for me is how often do you use Facebook? All right, well, so how often do you brush your teeth? It looks like I answered for you twice or more a day. Right, and I answered for you only on days I feel like it. Which is technically true, but since I feel like it every day, at least twice a day, misleading, I would say. That was kind of how I was thinking of it. (laughs) Why did you decide, by the way, that I thought it was unacceptable for somebody to brush their teeth twice or more a day? Because it indicates that you found my answer objectionable and that I found your answer objectionable. (laughs) Why do you envision me as somebody who is upset about somebody brushing their teeth twice a day? I thought that might intimidate you. (laughs) For the the podcasting audience record, I brush my teeth regularly and not just haphazardly as Ben seems to somewhat envision. Do you floss? No. I mean, like, if there's stuff stuck in my teeth, I floss. I know I should floss more. Yeah, that's about where I am, too. My next question is, how important are your political beliefs to you? And it looks like you answered for me, very important, which I think is right. And I answered for you, a little important. I'd say maybe somewhat important. Was that one of the options? I don't know what the options were. Looks like I have to wait 16 hours to re-answer that question, so I'm not going to. I think we were both in the right neighborhood that I care more about political beliefs than you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, now I have how often do you use Facebook? Yeah, I put that you were a very active user. That is correct. So active that many of my relatives comment on it and don't understand why I use Facebook so much. Yeah, I do see you posting there fairly often. I use Facebook a lot. Now, why did you decide that I would have a problem with somebody who rarely used it? I figured that Facebook activity would be a fun thing for you to have in common with someone. Okay. And I put that you rarely use it, which seems, I think, right based on... Yeah, I mostly use it for, like, events that people are organizing. I don't post things on my wall very often. Right. Would you prefer if good things happened or interesting things? For you, I put good because I figured that you would interpret this as interesting things are desirable to the extent that being interesting is good. So good is really the predominating category there. Yeah, insofar as I think the two can come into tension, good wins over interesting. Right, and because of that, I put that you would only accept the answer good, but it's just a little important. I figured you wouldn't be a huge stickler on that. So for people who don't know how the OkCupid process goes, when you're answering these match questions, you answer the question how you want for you, what you'd want your ideal match to say, and then you rank how important that answer is. And it's like a five-point scale of importance. It goes from uh, little important, somewhat important, very important, mandatory, uh, and I think you can put irrelevant. If I had said that, you would have accepted the answers good and interesting, since those are the only answers possible, the question would be irrelevant for you. Right. There would be no way to penalize somebody for failing to match. It gets confusing because you can select more than one answer that's acceptable from the multiple choice list. And so I'm often torn because it's it might be something that I don't care about a huge amount, but I've listed all of the acceptable answers. And it does seem to me sometimes like, well, it is really important that they're not outside of that box of three yeah. that I've chosen. Anyway, it's convoluted, so I don't... And I know you put for me that 
I would prefer interesting things over good things. Yes. So why is that? I think I do care about good things. It's not that I think you don't care about good things. It's not that I think you're some sort of amoral monster. Thank you. But I do think you found it a little bit easier to slip into the perspective of not caring about animal welfare at all when we were doing the animal stacking episode because the prospect of the animal stacking puzzle was interesting. In the context of that hypothetical, caring about animal stacking was good. (laughs) Let me put it this way. I think anybody who is as much of a devotee of Andy Kaufman as you are is placing some value on interest or being fascinating over, like, questions of goodness. Not all the time, not, like, across the board, but just, like, to not be, like, a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that he's, like, massively deceiving people regularly just for his own amusement. That seems like somebody who would say interesting over good to me. Was it right? What would you have put for you? No, I probably would have put interesting, but I don't think I would have attached any importance to the question. I would have marked it irrelevant. I see. What is next in this series? So there's a number of basic aptitude questions, like a mathematical series and you have to guess the next number or like a word to number puzzle. And you decided that I don't know slash don't care the answer to what number comes next in this series. Right, and I listed your acceptable answers as don't know slash don't care and 46, which is the correct answer. (laughs) That's interesting. I actually, I put 46 both for my own and for you. I put 46 as the answer and I put that it was an important answer to get right. I think I put that was important to you. (laughs) That they either get it right or are apathetic. Right, it was important that someone not put 36 or 48. There's a sense in which that's right, but I also want them to just say 46. The sequence, for anybody who wants to do it at home, even though we've already told you the answer, is 1, 4, 10, 19, 31. What comes next? Hint 46. The answer is 46. Respond with 46 and you will be correct. Do you like to cuddle? I put, for you, no. And you put for me, sometimes it depends. Yeah, I, wait, why do you put that I don't like to cuddle? You don't seem like a cuddler to me. I like cuddling. I was probably doing bad induction on the fact that you and I have never cuddled. Yeah, that that's not a good representative <laughs> for what... <laughs> anyway, was I right in saying that for you, sometimes it depends? I'm sort of on the fence between sometimes it depends and whatever the next one up is, which I think is like, yes, I love it. Sometimes these multiple choices don't give you the right range of options. Yeah, the granularity is a bit strange, huh? Like, because often the options are like, I love it, I hate it, I don't care. And you're like, I'm moderately in favor. Where's that option? Right, well, you can just skip a question. You can. But I, I mean, I skip them a lot for my own in real life, but for yours, I just made up answers. Right. Do you enjoy discussing politics? Yeah, I think for you, I put yes. And for you, I put no. Right, and for you, I put that it was very important that someone answer yes. I think I only have it as somewhat important. And I think we both got this one correct for the respective people. Yeah, and I put that you don't really care if they like talking about politics. That's correct. Okay, which of these most closely describes what you're looking for in your next relationship? You put for me someone to go out with, and I put for you someone to come home to. And I think the third option was like a one-night stand. Yeah, this was kind of an odd question. It was. I mean, I figured you weren't looking for a one-night stand, but the other two categories, it's a bit of an odd way to divide things up. Yes. Yeah, let's not even bother talking about it. This is a weird question. How often do you keep your promises? You put for me whenever possible, and I put for you always. Yeah, I think I put on yours that always was one of the unacceptable answers. Yeah, which is seems right, because if somebody thinks that always is somehow more than whenever possible, 
they have not understood the phrase whenever possible. Like, if what they mean is there are times when it's not possible to keep your promise and you do anyway, the false. Nobody does that. So, I think you got me right both on what I would answer and what I would put. I said the acceptable answers were whenever possible and usually. So the unacceptable ones were always and when convenient. Yeah, when convenient sounds like you just don't understand how promises work. Right. That's like when you happen to accidentally keep the promise without really caring. Yeah. Does smoking disgust you? For me, you put no, and for you, I put yes. Okay, you got that one right. Did I get right? I mean, disgust is a little bit strong of a word. I'm not, like, viscerally disgusted. But, like, if my options are, like, pro-smoking or anti, I'm on the anti-side. So you'd like an answer, like, no, but I'm kind of against it. I think I'd want one that just says, disgust is probably too strong of a word. That would be a good answer to have for that question. Maybe when the OkCupid founders listen to this podcast, they'll add it. How often are you... We only have four questions left. If you're just joining us with the podcast now, I encourage you to go back to the beginning of the episode so you have some idea what the hell's going on. And stop coming into our podcast late. How often are you open with your feelings? You put usually for me, and I put rarely for you. Does that seem right? Did I get you right? Yeah, did I get yours right? Yeah, I'm more talkative in general, and then my feelings make up a larger proportion of my talk. Right, I guess I'm more open about my feelings within a relationship, which is probably the relevant thing for OkCupid, but I'm not sure how that's supposed to work here. Well, they also do friend matching in addition to just romantic matching. That's right. No matter what you're looking for, OkCupid has it all. (laughs) Wait, why does the smoking disgust you come up on the list again? Maybe there's only three more. Say you've started seeing someone you really like. As far as you're concerned, how long will it take before you have sex? I don't like this question, even though it's one that seems like it's good information to have. Yeah, it's really, it really depends on a lot, and the question doesn't give you anything to go on. Also, on a lot of the sex-related ones, I found it kind of odd to speculate about your answers. Yes, I felt similarly. There were questions about, like, how kinky are you? How kinky would you like to be? And I was like, I am comfortable not knowing the answers to those questions for Ben. Yeah, I think I skipped some of the kink-related ones. Oh, no, wait. On the do you want your partner to be kinkier for you one, the possible answers were yes, no, and not possible. And I put that the acceptable answers for you were yes and no. That seems right. Anybody who's going for the not possible answer is probably not a good match for me, I think. Right. If nothing else, it means they're not very imaginative. There's... (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't think to criticize their imaginativeness. That's not a criticism. I'm happy. People can be as kinky as they want. I don't care. More power to them. I am pro-people exploring their own sexuality. Right, but they should recognize that they are probably not actually as kinky as is possible. (laughs) Fair enough. If you were to die, would whoever goes through your personal belongings be shocked by what they find? And we both answered no for each other. Right, but I think I put that you want someone whose answer was yes. Why did you put that? Oh, that's kind of a conversation topic. You could try and figure out what it is in their personal belongings that would shock whoever goes through them after they die. But the important thing here is that this question is, is there a gap between your public and private personas? And if so, how big is it? It's not the question, do you have interesting things in among your belongings that would be interesting for people to find? Okay, so the main thing we need to do is determine whether Lewis's version of Ben should continue to be friends with Ben's version of Lewis. I think they should. 89% friend match. 
Yeah, that's pretty good, especially because we've answered a small number of questions. Oh, did you take the dating persona test? I think so, yeah. Where do I see yours for that? Oh, I see under tests. Yeah. Oh, we got the same result for it. Interesting. The result you got for me is a result I have never gotten for myself. I've gotten a couple different of the results. There's like 16 results. It's crazy. I noticed it's 16 results for men and 16 results for women, but they're the same results with different names. Yeah. Like, the result we both got here is The Boy Next Door, and I have no idea what the female version of that would be, and I can't look it up right now. So we thought of each other as The Boy Next Door. I mean, I'm not sure if we thought of each other that way as... Well, yeah. That's what was extrapolated from the various details we thought of each other. Yeah, okay, so... Does that mean we would be good friends? I'm not really sure how to interpret the persona test. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to be for how you approach dating. So they tell you which people on in the category you'd be looking at dating you would be wanting to match up with. Yeah, yeah, I see that the boy next door should consider the maid of honor and the peach but avoid the nymph. That doesn't tell me much, I have to say. Well, it's a fakey version of Myers-Briggs typing. Hence the 16 categories. It's got a four-letter abbreviation, yeah. Yeah, I see. Boy Next Door is RGLD. Random versus deliberate. Gentle versus brutal. Love versus sex. And dreamer versus master. Some of these dyads don't make total sense to me. So we need... Oh, let's go back to the comparing ourselves pain about the two of us. Okay. Is there something else there? Because one thing we didn't look at on here is our degree of matching on different types of questions. Oh. It says that we match 84% on ethics questions. Wait, I'm seeing that we match 41% on ethics questions. 41? Oh, wait, maybe it's asymmetric because we both care about these things in different ways. Oh, yeah. All right, so what are the percentages you're seeing? 84 for ethics, 85 for lifestyle, 93 for dating, and 81 for other. All the numbers I'm seeing are lower than those, like across the board. So I think that means that the version of you I made is more judgmental than the version of me that you made. Actually, when I was going through, I often thought to myself, Ben seems a lot less judgmental than me, so I should tone down whatever my natural tendency to be judgy here is. Ben's more go with the flow. Yeah, I feel like I did a bunch of somewhat important ones on things that could have gone for a little important instead. So the ones that I put as mandatory for you were, do you think homosexuality is a sin? Should evolution and creationism be taught side by side in school? Which is bigger, the earth or the sun? Man, that one is super mandatory. Yeah, did you put as mandatory for me? I think so. Good. Yeah, I put all the intellectual ones as mandatory for you. I also put, do you enjoy intense intellectual conversations as mandatory for you? That seems like a good... Even if I wouldn't put that as mandatory for me, I think you'd be right that it should be listed that way. I mean, if someone doesn't enjoy those, then they probably shouldn't be trying to match with you. Yes. Oh, crazy! What? Crazy. So I looked at Request Lewis, Uh the main page for the one that you made. I went to the front page, and if you go down under the details, it has a list of similar users. And the most high listed, like the very top of that list, is my actual OkCupid profile. (laughs) Really? Yeah, that is crazy. Well, location comes into that, because I'm looking at the ones that are similar to No Sale Honcho, and they're all in the DC area. But you don't have an actual OkCupid profile for it to match. I do, but I haven't really filled out enough of it for that to matter. I see. But I just think it's great that you successfully answered the questions enough like me that it would say, hey, if you like Request Lewis, you know you should check out Actual Lewis. That is great. All right, so I think we've learned a lot about each other's OkCupid ideas of each other. Yeah, we'll leave these profiles up so that fans can check them out if they are curious. 
So, Julia, I hope you've enjoyed this episode where we uh, made OkCupid okay profiles for each other and learned that Ben and I are reasonably well-informed about each other, except for details like what Ben's girlfriend's name is or what were the things you were guessing about me. Music and the name of the college you teach at. Yes, whether I know where I'm employed. So thanks for joining us on RequestCast, and enjoy the soothing sounds of Clang, Sleeping Pill, until next time. RequestCast is powered by the requests of listeners like you. You can send us your requests on the web at podcast.requestcomics.com, or visit our forum at timevan.com. You're going to sing this song on the streets. Your maids will rock your little babies to sleep humming this tune. Sleeping pill, if you Stay away